Hey everyone, my name is Dr. Dolores Tarver. I'm a licensed psychologist here in Georgia, and it is time for the TT Time with Dr. Tarver is a wellness-based podcast. It is not intended to be a substitute for a relationship with a licensed mental health provider. Welcome to the fourth week in Mental Health Awareness May. The series this month is entitled Maximizing My Mental, and we have been discussing finding your people, the positive impacts of healthy relationships on mental health, becoming mentally free from the expectations placed on ourselves, by ourselves and by others. We discussed last week, life and death, the power of words. And this week, we are talking about patterns of complacency and comfort that can interfere with us having the type of meaningful and joyful lives we deserve. So let's get into it. Stuck in the muck, the comfort of complacency. So I tell you that I frequently have themes, if you will, from week to week with my clients, the issues that seem to be salient for most people I may see during that week. And one of the questions that I frequently get asked is, how do you create joy? Because one of the things that I do in the initial session with people is I ask them, when was the last time that they were joyful? And inevitably, I will receive responses like, I don't remember. And so then that is followed up with, how do you create joy? What are some ways that people are usually joyful? And so I wanted to talk today about the things that can take away from our joy and also things that can add to it. So let's first get into what causes us to feel stuck that may interfere with us being able to experience joy. So stuckness can be caused by a lot of different things. You've likely heard the expression, comparison is the thief of joy. I've posted that before. I know a lot of other people have posted that as well. Comparison behaviors definitely are one of the things that can steal our happiness. We've also discussed fear of failing or succeeding as a challenge for people. Low self-worth, low self-confidence, not having a good social self social support network, and so you're around people that aren't joyful, they're critical, they're demeaning, um, perhaps they're just negative all the time. Poor planning keeps us stuck. Sometimes we haven't thought out the details. We have a big picture in our minds, but we haven't really sat down and created goals for ourselves, and so we feel like we're not ever really progressing and we feel stuck. I want to talk about complacency. Complacency occurs when we're satisfied, when we're comfortable, we're no longer desiring to do anything different, or we have accepted that we cannot do anything different. So the negative connotation of complacency is that we don't desire to have anything better. We don't believe we deserve anything better. And what that leads to is less productivity and carelessness, frankly. Frankly, that's when we start making more errors. Um, we know that fear is one of the most paralyzing things out there. So underneath complacency at times is, again, that I don't believe that I have the capacity to do more than I'm doing in this moment. And we tend to like to stay in places that are easy for us to maintain where we don't have to really work hard. 
get to a point where we can do it in our sleep or we get so comfortable that we start taking shortcuts and we're not as creative. We don't think outside the box. We're not investing as much in ourselves anymore. Complacency also has the side effect of leading to lower levels of patience and not feeling passionate about things. When we're not passionate, when we get to a point where we have apathy, we don't care, then that's when we start making the mistakes. That's when we start neglecting things. And that also can lead to us being impulsive in our decision making because we're not thinking things through. We're going to see a lack of initiative when we're in that space of complacency. Some examples, what does this look like in my life, Dr. T? Parents will talk about that with their young adult children. There's just not that passion, not that desire, not that get up and go. Um, Frequently, they don't want to leave the house. Like they're comfortable being there, wanting to have uh, the ability to say they're adults, but not actually being independent because they're comfortable. Even though you parents are fussing at me and I don't like all your rules, this space is safe for me. And so I don't have to get out there and attempt things that I may or may not be good at. I know that there's security here. I know that I'll have a place to stay. I know that um, there will be a bed, there'll be food, uh, that you will help me when I need assistance. But if I'm out there on my own, then what might happen? And so there are even in terms of our teenagers wanting to get a license. And so we find that our young people are comfortable. They become complacent with us driving them around. And even when we say, I don't have time for that, they still don't have the motivation and desire to do it themselves. Because again, and that's where that fear kicks in, um, because fear is also a thief of joy, is that I don't want to get out there and drive. I'm anxious. I, I don't want to get in an accident, or what if I can't parallel park? What if I fail the test? And so I just deal with trying to get rides from you or other people. Perhaps you're a person that's been in the same job for years. There's not been a raise. You're constantly complaining about the leadership at the job, but it's comfortable. I don't really have to work that hard. I know what's gonna happen here. I know the routine. And so I just stay because I don't know what might happen at another job. That may sound familiar, too, with relationships. The devil I know is better than the devil I don't know. There's nothing out here for me in these streets, so I might as well go ahead and accept what I'm receiving in this relationship currently, even if it's not giving me what I need. And frequently you will find that those are joyless relationships. And I know you all have seen them. You may have experienced them where people are together, but the loving nurturing, supportive environment is not there. It's almost like people are roommates or they're robots. They're going through the motions. But again, there's no passion. There's no longer investment in the relationship. We've settled into this is as good as it's going to get. Maybe you're in business for yourself and you have not updated your advertisements or your social media pages. Maybe you don't even have a social media page and your business hasn't grown. It's maintained or even maybe shrunk a little bit, but you're not doing anything to pour into it anymore. And so you've gotten maybe even a little bit sloppy in terms of the work that you do. 
And so people aren't liking your product in the same way that they did previously. So, you know, we've talked a little bit about what gets us there, but I think it's important for us to really understand how complacency affects joy. One of the things that joy does is it gives us something to look forward to. It allows us to have a moment of bliss, possibly of celebration. Uh, it may even be a moment that feels as if it brings me alive because maybe possibly I felt that fire dim in me because I'm in that relationship or that job that's not giving me what I need anymore or maybe I'm not where I want to be in my life, but I'm too afraid to step out. And so I've had more difficulty finding joy because I don't have anything to be excited about every day. And I will talk to people about every day, find something that brings you joy. How so? Well, I will tell you that there are a few different ways, more than a few, but I'm going to talk about um, today anyway, about how to get unstuck. And then we'll talk about how that can translate over into joy. First, it's important, you hear me say this quite frequently, that you need to be aware that you're stuck. <laughs> because sometimes when we're in that spirit of complacency, which can turn to mediocrity, then we don't realize that we're comfortable. In fact, we don't think much about anything because one of the things that complacency does is it doesn't give you judgment and reason to think things through about where I am and how I'm doing. I'm not doing any evaluation. I'm here in this space because... This is where I've been. This is what I do every day. So it's important for you to first be aware of the complacency itself. And then what got me stuck? And typically, those are our thoughts. Stuck points is what I call them in therapy. And so these are the thoughts that keep me in my stuckness. I'm not good enough. I wouldn't be able to support um, investing into this business. The market has changed. There's not a need for this anymore. I'm too old to transition to a different career. I'm too old to get in a different relationship. I've been in this relationship too long. I have all this baggage. Who's going to want to be with me? I don't want to be outside of my parents' house because I don't know what can happen. Am I going to be able to handle it? Perhaps I don't know how to move forward from a relationship that has ended or maybe from a divorce or uh, possibly a death. And sometimes we can get stuck in those places and we're just existing and we're not living anymore because we've come complacent that this is going to be the place I'm in, right? Like this is what I'm left with. I don't deserve happiness anymore. I had love once. I'll never get it again. A lot of these things are examples of stuck points. And what stuck points do is, again, they keep us in that place of complacency, but also it cheats us out of actually exploring the feelings that are underneath why I'm feeling stuck. Maybe I'm disappointed. Maybe I'm scared. Maybe I'm sad. Um, maybe I'm confused, uncertain, right? anxious. And so understanding the feelings that are underneath the thoughts can also help us to be able to change our behavior. Once I understand where I'm stuck and why I'm stuck and the feelings that come along with that stuckness or that lead to the stuckness, then I can target my intervention about how to get unstuck. So I may need a mentorship endeavor in my life because sometimes I'm not able to see beyond. We can be complacent for so long 
it makes it difficult for us to see options. Again, it affects creativity. And we know we talked about intellectual wellness last week. One aspect of intellectual uh, wellness is creativity. It allows you to be able to have these free flowing thoughts and think outside the box. When I'm stuck, I'm complacent. It's very difficult for me to do that. Right. So that's why we talk about the stealing of joy at times when we're in places where we're not well. So a mentor may allow me to be able to see things that I wouldn't see. They may also even be able to help me with that self-awareness because they can help with an evaluation. And it is important that we evaluate. We take stock. Right. That way I need to be aware of what's going on so I can monitor, I can track and see what the areas of growth potentially can be, which means that we need to be able to accept feedback. Feedback is a part of any growth process. And when we are stuck, when we're complacent, when we're comfortable, one of the things that we struggle with is receiving feedback. Because guess what? When I'm stuck, I definitely don't want to hear that I'm stuck. <laughs> right? That's like when I told you, I tell you all, we go to the doctor and the last thing you want to hear is for them to tell you you gain weight because you already know you gain weight, which is the reason you didn't want to go to the doctor in the first place because you didn't want to have this conversation. The same is true about when we're stuck or in these places of comfort and complacency. We get really defensive when people talk to us about the fact that we're not moving, we're not progressing, we're not growing. And it goes back again to those stuck points and the feelings, right? Because I may have some guilt. I may have some shame that's underneath that. And so here you are shedding light on that. And we know that we get uncomfortable when people shed light on those emotions that are at the core of us that don't make us feel good about ourselves. Sometimes it's important for us to take breaks and refocus. And as we're taking those breaks, that might be a good time to get some information and education. Maybe I need to go to some workshops or some trainings to help me with the refocus. Sometimes we're burned out. And I mean, they may need to take a break and take that step back in order for me to think more clearly. I may need to think about what patterns and routines that I have that need to be changed. We can get in the habit of doing things so much, again, we don't even think about it. And so I'm actually creating barriers to me getting unstuck simply by what I'm currently doing, right? So one of the things that I don't do, I don't do any branding. One of the things I don't do is I don't actually explore what other options are for me in my career at this point. I don't ask for that raise. I don't challenge my partner for us to grow in this relationship or think about that we maybe don't need to be in this relationship anymore. I don't think it's possible for me to have a loving, caring relationship with someone else or at all because maybe I haven't had that before, which is why I'm in this old pattern of just taking what I can get, accepting anything just for the sake of having something. Right? It's important that we explore those and invest in ourselves in ways where we're challenging those potential distortions and getting different evidence to support what we may need at this point in our lives. And it's, it's important for us to do risk assessment. Sometimes we're taking unnecessary risk. I may be spending excess money. I mean, tighten up on budget. I may need to change my budget. Maybe I'm purchasing stuff that I don't even use anymore or I don't need anymore. Or maybe I'm expanding um, in ways that aren't necessarily for the market I'm in. Or perhaps I'm expending a lot of energy. There's a lot of ways we overspend, and one of them is our energy and our time. So maybe I'm giving time to people and things that aren't actually going to bring me joy because we tend to be around people when we're stuck who are also stuck. And in fact, sometimes they're contributing to us staying stuck because we like to be not the only one suffering. That's the selfishness in us. 
I want to be suffering um, when you're suffering. <laughs> I don't want you to be doing well and I'm suffering, right? And so sometimes we can be around people who are feeding our thoughts, our fearful thoughts, feeding our thoughts that we won't be able to excel or achieve, that we won't be able to get out of this place. Look, you got a good job. Why are you trying to mess that up? Because this is not a good fit for me and it's not causing me joy. But also, like, I need to reinforce myself when I make changes, when I do different things, when I take a step to get unstuck, I need to reward myself. I need to encourage. This is reinforcement actually encourages the behavior we want to see. So I need to reinforce myself when I'm challenging these thinking patterns, when I'm addressing these uncomfortable emotions and learning how to soothe myself and address them. When I reach out and ask for help, which we know can be very difficult, again, particularly when I'm stuck. I don't want to ask for help. I don't want to be a burden. And again, maybe I don't want to hear that feedback right now because I'm not quite ready to change. And so when I take those difficult steps, reinforcing myself so that I can continue to take more of those steps. Right. So let's talk about that joy piece. Dr. T, how do you create joy? By doing things that give you meaning and purpose, by doing things that excite you, that challenge you, by doing things that cause you to be creative, by doing things that you go to bed thinking about and you wake up thinking about because you're so excited and passionate about them and you want to see it through. And it stirs in you this sense of accomplishment, this sense of productivity, um, this sense of maybe even enlightenment or freedom. Because sometimes when we're stuck, when we're in that place of being comfortable and complacent, we don't experience a range of things. So it's kind of like that boring routine. I go into my day and I'm not excited about much. And that begins to be my set point. So imagine when I'm excited about something else again, how that could feel. It makes me feel alive, like, wow, I don't remember the last time that I was looking forward to something. That's what joy is. Joy is something that you create. I've talked to you all before about happiness doesn't happen. We create happy. The same is true for joyful moments. Looking at a situation and finding the joy in it. Recognizing that I'm not where I want to be, but I took a step. And being able to be joyful about that's that reinforcement reward piece, being able to be excited about that I took that step, encouraging and motivating myself that, yes, there are going to be some challenges along the way. But the reward is going to be when I get to the place that I didn't think was possible or I didn't allow myself possibly to think was possible. And I'm here and imagining imagining that feeling of elation when I get to the place. But also it changes the environment that I'm around. When you are doing joyful things, you attract joyful people. When you are doing joyful things, you also begin to recognize the people that aren't as joyful. And it's easier for you to be able to see those patterns so that you don't feed and fuel them. So we don't fall back in. Now, Sometimes we take those steps forward and we're doing really well, but then we have problems with follow through because I'm still back in these same patterns again. That's why it's important. For you to write out and understand those patterns and routines. It is my tendency to self-sabotage right at about this level. Because that's when those stuck points, those negative thoughts that I have about myself kick in. And I say to self, like, you're going to fail. You know you're not going to be able to see this through. You didn't think about that. You don't have the money for that. You don't have the resources for that. You don't have the energy for that. You don't have the time for that. Right? And those, again, 
steal our joy as opposed to I absolutely am going to make time for that. I'm going to be intentional about investing in myself. I deserve it. That doesn't mean it won't be difficult, but I don't have to do it by myself. I just need to get the right team in place. And then when I do that self-assessment, these are all things that I can put in place because I'll recognize like, hey, these are my patterns. So let me set myself up for success. And again, that's one of the other reasons why we have difficulty being joyful is because we don't set ourselves up to be joyful because I haven't thought about the things that typically get in the way. And so when you begin to actually look at your patterns and think about the things that make you happy, you'll be amazed to see some of the things that you used to do that you stopped doing. Some of the things that maybe you gave up on because someone said, no, the family business is law. You need to go into law. It doesn't matter that you like dancing or you're creative or you want to be an influencer or you want to um, open a, a, a business on uh, uh, for catering, right? And so because we allow other people to dictate our dream, then that means they also dictate our joy, which is, again, why it's important to have that good, healthy support, social support network, as we discussed in the first episode kicking off this series, is because the power of positive people absolutely contributes to the joy, right? Just like negative people can suck that joy right away. You do not have to stay stuck. Sometimes all you really need to do is change your view. Be well.